Hey everybody, my name is Brian. That is Matt. Matthew Kadish with the Salty Nerd Podcast. Shane is not here today. Shane is dealing with some um, very frustrating, uh, complicated things. So send all your 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 uh, well wishes and prayers his way so he can make that happen. He really wanted to be here today, but it was just impossible with the amount of people that he's got, uh, the amount of calls and business people he's got to deal with. It's very complicated. I don't know any of that. I just make cool videos. So I think you should just start referring to me as evil Shane. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like his with, doppelganger I'm here with evil Shane. <laughs> yeah. With the goatee. Uh, yeah. We're talking about some uh, pretty impressive stuff today. Uh, right around right this morning, we heard that Alec Baldwin is apparently going <laughs> to, going to get arrested uh, for manslaughter. He might, he might deserve more than that, which we're going to talk about. Also, Fake News Friday, Doomcock versus Indiana Jones. That's going to be fun. The Weekly Terry, as usual, uh, but this time it's a little more juicy. Stargate is coming back to Prime, or I guess it's back on Prime. Everyone's confused. Sort of. Sort of, right. Chris Pratt uh, of the Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, probably going to join DC. We're going to speculate on what he's going to be playing. And Scott Bakula is probably returning to Star Trek at some point. <clears throat> but I don't think so. So the article implied that he could be coming returning, returning to Star Trek because he had this one little one-off little statement he made about maybe it could be. But we're still going to talk about that. And uh, Screen Rant came up with a very interesting article about how James Gunn's Superman reboot is very similar to the Batman. And... We're going to talk about all that. But first, how's everyone doing in the chat? Dork Knight, Penny, Donnie, Archmage, Chappie, Josh. Am I getting everyone? <clears throat> Jeremy, what's up, bro? Kenneth, my man. And then Kenneth says, hey, guys, I should be able to make it today. Good, good. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun show. What's going on with you, Matt? Oh, well, we were at the Salty Nerd Studios earlier today trying to get our internet set up. So that was an adventure and a half. Wow. But, uh, yeah, we've, uh, we're trying to strike that balance between content creation and trying to start up a new business. So it's, uh, it's a lot of work, but uh, we're seeming, seemingly managing it. And we, oh, we also got day jobs on top of all that stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, no, I know exactly how it feels. Uh, creating content, having a job. Attempting to look, attempt, attempting to start new projects all at the same time is, it's it's quite a task. Have you noticed? Uh, we have not uploaded on the Prime channel in ten or twelve days, right? We started working on uh, that that definitive history that I, that I told you about, and um, we just we, we had a couple snags, and then right around the time we were we were getting those snags worked out. Uh, Shane has to deal with this massive headache. Yeah. So, and he's the voice, man. He's the voice. So he's the voice can't do he's without the, the voice, you know? Yeah. But, uh, we got uh, our salty Saturdays to keep us, uh, you know, keep us focused and fun. That's true. That is true. We do do salty Saturdays, every salt, every salty Saturday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Shane yesterday, as a matter of fact, and, and he was like, I don't think Brian's ever committed to something like he has with Salty Saturdays. I'm surprised that he wasn't just one and done. 
<laughs> with that. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, Brian's a member of the crew. Yeah, you know, I don't, uh, Shane's right. I don't normally um, commit to anything outside what I'm what I'm doing, like, like you know, personally. It's so like podcast and day job stuff. And, uh, but Salty, the Salty Saturday show is fun. Yeah. It's fun. fun. And I got to hang out with my bros and talk about nerd stuff. And <laughs> I get to get a little more angry on that show than I get on, than I do on this show. So it's very good. Everything cathartic. goes on Salty Saturdays. Yeah. It's very cathartic for me. So, all right. So, uh, before we jump into the first Alec Baldwin thing, I do want to mention, um, real quick that, we have multiple channels, but specifically, if you come here and you're like, I really like the DC, the DC stuff, Superman, James Gunn stuff. Remember, we have DC Unleashed and the links in the description. Just, you know, when you got a chance, if you want to go subscribe to that, subscribe to that. When that channel does get to its thousand mark, we'll be putting live streams on that channel, too. Uh, in, in, in addition to all everything else we do, for, for sure. Aren't you starting up an Indiana Jones channel? No. No, 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 I'm not. And, and, and just to be clear, just because I disagree with Doomcock on uh, everything Indiana Jones, um, I'm not saying Indiana Jones is going to be great, which we're going to talk about more about that. Someone was like, um, how do you know it's going to be good? I'm like, I never said it was going to be good. I'm just saying he's wrong <laughs> or more than likely wrong. That's all I said. All right. Um, let's jump into it. Let's talk about this Alec Baldwin thing, shall we? Okay. All right. If you guys weren't aware, uh, Alec Baldwin shot someone in the face. I'm sorry, not in the chest. So he uh, he was on the set of a movie called Rust. He was filming. He he was given a gun by his producer, and then he shot someone with said gun. That person died, and someone else ended up in the hospital. And let me fix your. Oh my God, you're you're a mess down here. Look at this. What is going on? I don't know. I'm just gonna it's your show, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this while I <laughs> I don't I don't use uh stream yards like everyone else does. Maybe I should. Yeah. Come come to the dark side. <laughs> um but yes, the the woman who died on the rust shoot was the cinematographer. And uh typically, you know, uh I guess the armorer on this movie somehow actually had live ammunition in this gun. It was given to Alec Baldwin. He didn't check it, um, but actors usually don't, aren't supposed to check those things. We usually just assume that, you know, everything has been done according to safety standards. And uh, when he uh, used the gun in the scene, he hit the cinematographer in the chest, killed her. And I guess the bullet passed through her and, and hit someone else and injured them. Um, but it was a really tragic accident. This was a movie that, uh, Alec Baldwin was producing as well as, as starring in. And uh, it got shut down immediately after this tragedy. And uh, there's been all types of uh, legal wrangling going on around this movie. Um, I think it's going to be finished if I'm not mistaken, like they're yeah. actually going to try to finish this movie. Um, but um, there's such a cloud hanging over this thing. It, it's very bizarre. And Alec Baldwin has enough enemies um, just out in the world that they're kind of like, pushing for him to be punished in some way for what he um, inadvertently did to this woman. Right. And I know that uh, like uh, initially there was like an investigation and he was kind of like cleared, but um, 
you know, manslaughter, he is guilty of manslaughter. Um, you know, manslaughter just has to do with like, it doesn't matter whether you meant to kill someone or not, like you killed someone. Right. And so, you know, that's what manslaughter is. Like, he's not going to be brought up on first degree or second degree murder, like whatever it's manslaughter. And it doesn't matter that he wasn't at fault. Like he didn't load the gun. He didn't know the gun was loaded, but he was responsible for killing this person. And so, yeah, he was trying I, to I, argue that he wasn't responsible because someone handed him the weapon. Yeah. But the fact that he was the one who was directly responsible for the death means it's kind of like when you accidentally hit someone with your car and, and it kills them, it's like you're guilty of manslaughter. Um, so like, you, you know, uh, it wouldn't carry as, as heavy of a fine or, you know, prison term as something like murder. But, uh, I, I think he, he may not be able to get out of this because it's a pretty clear cut case of manslaughter. Yeah. So additionally, um, let's just recap what we learned last year and then what we, we know today. Additionally, um, the, PAs on the set and the in the producers and some of the the staff they were firing the firing the guns they were you know playing with the guns basically off hours additionally the actual movie was <clears throat> fill, filled in with a lot of temporary act uh, temporary staff um they were trying to like cut cost and there was a lot of stuff going on ar around that whole thing so a lot of inexperienced people that didn't really know what they were doing. They were coming into this thing. They weren't being, being paid well. They were playing around on set. So a lot of that adds to it. But then today we found out they also found live ammunition on Alec Bald in Alec Baldwin's uh, belt. I'm not sure how that works. You know, maybe in a pouch or something. But it was on his belt, the belt he was wearing uh, when he shot the weapon. And he had, he had a very good point that how can he be how could he have checked the weapon before firing it? That wasn't his job. In fact, it, it would be even more sus if the actor was playing with the weapon before firing it, um, because that's not his job. He's not the weapons expert. So I got that. But why did he have lam live ammunition on his person then? Well, but that could be like a, a costume designer thing, because it's it's easy to just buy bullets and put them in a belt that you know those bullets are never going to get used. It's like a bandolier type thing. Okay. Um, so like, like I, I, you know, it, th this is a Western rust is a, a Western film and Alec Baldwin plays like a gunslinger in it. So it would make sense that, you know, a typical gun holster would have like, you know, bullet, you know, places to like slot bullets that you could take out and reload your gun with. So like, to me, that's just like a costume design thing. Um, so I don't think he was like taking live ammunition out and putting it in the gun. Uh, you are right that this production was widely criticized as, as being like, kind of like a fly by night thing because they're, we, on the, on the salty nerd podcast, we've even talked to actors who kind of educated us on the process, uh, of handling guns on set. And, uh, they, they were like, you, you know, there's, there, there's no good reason why, uh, this should have happened on rust because right. you, you know, you know, like if you're just following basic safety standards, you know um, the, the first assistant director, I think is the one who has to like hand the gun to the actor and he's responsible for checking it before he hands the gun and, and, you know, conferring with the armorer who has to maintain these weapons and make sure that everything is up to safety standards. And, and like, there, there's a bunch of stuff that, you know, is just industry standard. It's in place, you know, 
thousands, hundreds of thousands of, you know, productions go out every year uh, using guns and weapons and no one ever gets killed on them. But like, this was like just one of those weird, perfect storm moments where like everyone was so negligent on this thing. And um, it was because they were cutting costs and they had like inexperienced crews and stuff like that. So, um, but long story short, involuntary manslaughter, like there's no way that he's not guilty of that. Right. I mean, yeah. But, you know, it's funny because his lawyer says we will fight these charges and we will win. I'm not sure how you do. It's literally on well, tape. With, with enough money, you know, you can get out of it. But um, Some people were comparing comparing this to uh, uh, Brendan Lee. Is that right? Brendan Lee. Br- Br- Brandon Lee. Brandon, sorry, Brandon Lee. But you see, that was yeah. different, though, because it was uh, – the slug that was pushed by the blank or something like that. It wasn't like it was loaded with live ammunition, right? Uh, it was a blank and the cap of the blank pushed like a slug that was in the chamber. And that was completely different set of. I, I, I want to say that there was like, there was like a bullet point that was like lodged in that gun that right. the blank, you know, expunged or like whatever i forget because like when we reviewed the crow i actually like went back over this and uh and i, I want to say that you're correct but i feel like uh there might have been like some type of live ammo in that situation as well but that was another freak accident type thing it was really bad right well um you know however you feel about alec baldwin uh i think i think matt matt's right pretty much uh it's it's involuntary manslaughter so we're not saying he meant to do it. Um, I know there's some people out there that are like, yeah, he probably did. He's a hothead. I don't know. I don't. Uh, there's don't no way he case. meant to actually like, you know, kill the cinematographer on his yeah. movie. Um, I, you know what I think is going to happen with this? I think he's going to be found guilty. He's going to get a slap on the wrist. He's going to go do a little bit of prison time at like a country club place and uh, get out in like six to 18 months, something like that. And yeah. then get on with his life. I don't think he's going to serve any hard time. I don't think he's going to be punished in any significant way. Um, and honestly, like, I don't think he should be punished because, or in, I, I don't think he should be punished in a significant way simply because like he did not intend for this to happen, obviously. Right. And he probably feels terrible about it because, you, you know, he's one of those bleeding hearts who was for gun control and, you know, like, wants to save the planet and stuff like that. So right. I doubt that he actually wanted to ever actually be responsible for somebody's death. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, it's, it's like, this is the law and he did, he is guilty of involuntary manslaughter. So he's going to, he's going to get some punishment, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as like, if like you or I accidentally killed someone. You know? Oh yeah. I'd be going away for the rest of my life. Uh, Kenneth said here, like Ezra, no, Ezra got off way light. Uh, the guy is paying a six hundred ninety-two dollar fine and a suspended sentence, which is basically a a year of probation. Yeah, he's got to do like community service or something, doesn't right. he? <clears throat> yeah, he's a uh, he got off real light on his on his troubles. Even um, they got off real light. Oh, okay, you're right. I'm I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. They <laughs> do, do, does that mean he has to do like double the community service? <laughs> right, it's plural. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> that's it for that. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we're gonna go to the weekly Terry first. So what we're gonna do for what we're gonna do here in order, we're gonna do a weekly Terry, and then fake news Friday. Then we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do the Stargate um, news, 
And then in the members section, we'll be doing the Guardians, Scott Bakula, and the Super, super uh, the James Gunn Superman uh, timeline. Apparently, James Gunn is going to be laying out like the entire Bible by the end of the month. That's um, what he said. That's what he said. And someone was like, "Oh, where's where's the Bible at?" He goes, "It's only the 18th." Like, oh, so when he said like the beginning of the year, I thought he was referring to like the first quarter of the year. You know, but no, he's talking about like the first month. Okay. No, man, he's hitting the ground running. Yeah, he is. All right, so let's uh, jump to the weekly Terry next. Can I just say that I was confused by the weekly Terry because there's a typo in his tweet? Oh, yes. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. All right, here we go. Whatever. Uh, This is the weekly Terry, my (laughs) friends. I'm here with Matt this week, and we are talking about Star Trek Picard. Season three, and of course, Terry Metalis. This week, we got some uh, interesting information to share with you. First off, it appears that the original voice of the computer and the various ships in Star, in Star Trek uh, will not be the voice in this upcoming season. And some people were critical about it, and Terry responded. So we're just going to jump right into this. So uh, what this person on Twitter said, John, I can't pronounce his last name. Terry Metalis, who's the voice of the computer now? It's not Majel, sadly. And Terry responded with, there are multiple voices, one for the civilian, one for civilian, one for Starfleet. All will, will, be, will be revealed soon. I also noticed that Terry's um, tone has been softened up a little bit as we get closer to uh, <laughs> as we get closer to the premiere. Someone responded to him, bad call, Terry. Should be the first lady voicing. He said, oh, man, you didn't hear? She passed away 15 years ago. So he's being cheeky. Okay. And then, and then it looks like Terry blocked him. Okay. Well, you know, with AI voice changers, what they are nowadays, you could get that voice back, I'm sure. Yeah. So he t- he addressed that. So he did, re- he did respond to a Screen Rant article. He said, Starfleet and civilian computer voices will... Each be voiced by different actresses in season two. He meant season three, just to be clear. He meant season three. <laughs> It'd be funny if he actually meant season two. Oh, he's just recreating season two. Yeah, yeah. He's, no, he's just ignoring season two. He's like, it's kind of like how there are only four, four, four Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, so. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, someone responded with, "Listen, I'm I'm not usually the change bad camp, but I'm oddly disappointed by this." With the hours available lines and deep fakes, there's no way you couldn't keep Magell, even if you altered it to reflect the evolution of AI in Starfleet. Bakari could have been beautiful. All right, Terry has a good point here. He said, time and money, or I can spend that bringing back a legacy character on screen. Fans may not love to hear this, but TV shows actually have a finite amount of time and resources. You can't, you can't dial up some subpar deep fake on, on a website and call it a day. If you're going to do it, do it right. Good point. However, right when I read that, I remember going, wait a minute, isn't there a library of all of her responses? Because I I watched a talk a while ago where they were talking about before she passed away, they recorded a ton of lines. Um, So there's like a whole library, right? Yeah, but you know what this really comes down to is uh, vocal rights. Like if they use any of her stuff, they'd have to like work out some type of like licensing or, or royalty structure with her estate or whoever, you know, uh, is in charge, whoever she left her 
local rights to. So interesting. There, yeah, there's probably some like legal issue surrounding it where uh, Paramount just doesn't want to deal with it. Yeah, I'm sure. Someone did mention it. They were like, uh, she passed away, but Rod Roddenberry said there was a phonetics library. She recorded her voice. And Terry said, I certainly wasn't aware of this library, but I'm sure on on on, on day with one on day with the right technology and bud, budget, just listen to what they did with Earl James' voice. He's he was definitely a little tipsy as he started writing this. I guess. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I don't know if you've looked into any of these AI voice changers that can actually like change your voice in real time as you're like talking into them. They're really amazing, and what they've done is is like they hire different voice actors. And they have them like do like a bunch of different lines that the computer then analyzes, like with like tonal shifts and things like that, and uh, makes it so like you know um, as you're speaking, you're speaking with a different voice. Like I could be speaking with a woman's voice right now with some of these AI voice changers, um, but instead of that text to speech type jilt to them, you actually get like the emotion in the voice and and stuff like that. And I'm pretty sure that eventually Hollywood, like every major actor in Hollywood, is going to have their voice scanned so like they could hire other actors to come in and act as them using their voice. Uh, So like, uh, you know, this is the future, man. This is where everything's headed. Pretty soon we won't even need real live actors anymore. It'll all just be deep fake CGI stuff. Yeah. uh, Dude, AI is just taking over. Absolutely crazy. I was, uh, I was, I was just fiddling with mid journey uh, yesterday and Mm -hmm. it is I've insane. been playing with Midjourney a lot. Yeah, it it's is crazy insane. what you can do with that. The things you can do, like I literally put like Olivia Munn as Miranda <laughs> from Mass Effect Three, and mm-hmm. it spit out Olivia Munn as Miranda from Mass Effect Three. I was like shocked. Well, it also helps that uh, Olivia Munn was in the Mass Effect games. So, wait, was she? Yes, she. Uh, uh, was digitized as a, a side character and it was either Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, yeah. So I know, I know. They already, Mar- they already had all, all the CG aspects for Miranda was played by, not by her though, she it was played by Yvonne, I can't. Yeah, Straczynski, Strahovski, Strahovski. Yeah, the same actress from like Chuck, Chuck. and Dexter, yeah. And uh, was it uh, The uh, Handmaid's Tale? Yeah, Handmaid's Tale, which I hate that show. I love the actors. Uh, not if, if you ever want to watch a show that makes you feel bad, <laughs> just watch that show. Yeah. Um, it was it was interesting though because uh, I have hundreds of hours now of Shane's voice, and I'm like, mm-hmm. can I train uh, an AI to do Shane's voice and just save sure Shane a ton, a ton of time? I think I think you could basically train an AI to do anyone's voice if you have enough of their voice. I have so much of Shane's voice. So I have a lot of Shane's voice and a lot of his video. Uh, next time you have to fill in, I'll just deep fake him and his voice over you and see what happens. Well, well have you seen these uh, deep fake avatars or I'm sorry, AI avatars that basically yeah. uh, like you can basically put in a bunch of text and then like these real looking people speak the text like a normal human being. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I, I've Ridiculous. seen that. And I've seen the wireframe things where you can actually, like, say you're live stream, you're live streaming a video game, and you can actually wireframe a completely different person over you, and you're yeah. like responding and streaming, but it's it's certainly not you doing it. 
Um, yeah. And they and, do that with uh, anime characters too, where like you can put an anime character over yourself or like a CGI yeah. character. When when I first saw that, I was like, okay, so the the VTubers or the V streamers, I get that, though you know. But then when I saw one where I didn't even know that it was a VTuber or a V streamer until like it glitched a little bit, and I'm like, holy crap, this person is deep faking a person over him or her. I don't even know. Yeah, I saw this new uh, AI thing where basically like you could take a piece of mid journey art, like let's say you, you create a character profile mm-hmm. in mid journey, you can then import it into this AI thing and it'll move the mouth and make it look like the picture's talking. So it, it kind of auto animates it for you. Oh, wow. So so like you could set an audio file to it and, and it'll perfectly match the uh, ph- phonetics of what's being said as like a piece of art. It's it's like a talking, it's basically like auto animates, uh, you know, a, a character for you. And it even like moves, moves their head a little, it makes it look more natural. Like when they do it. Uh, I don't know if you've, uh, cause you know, you're a video editor. Yeah. Have you seen some of these AI video editing tools that have been coming out? I have. Yeah. So I got, I actually uh, got one recently that was able to analyze um, the video or the sound or whatever. And then like, remove the silence and the uhs and the ohs and the different breathing. And I was like, this is going to save me hours of time. Right. Because Shane is Shane is a wonderful voice, but he also has like certain things that I have to cut out a lot. And um, I tried using it for the first time and it was an absolute disaster. Yeah. It cut out so much of it. It was like, Shane looked like Max Headroom. He was like, <laughs> so I don't know if it was me or what. I mean, I played with the settings a lot. I could not get it correct. Um, but you can, you can clearly see the technology is, is going that way. In fact, now that, it, you know, the algorithm is running everything. Um, that's one problem Shane's having right now. Shane's dealing with a company where like the algorithm is sort of just determined factors for our business where the people in charge at the business are like, well, try this and try that. And they're, they don't even know how their own system works. And they're just trying to like, they're trying to get Shane, help Shane uh, get the algorithm back to a, like a positive place. It's, it's wild um, that, you know, it's at, the, at what point do we have the computers just sort of taken over and, and we don't even know because we're getting paid by a digital computer somewhere Everything is happening digitally. Like it's almost like I never put a lot of credit into that dead internet theory, but the more and more I look at how algorithms just sort of control everything, I'm like, well, maybe the dead internet theory is a little ludicrous, but there's a, a, a shadow of that might be true. And we just don't know it yet. And AI is going to get to the point where we can be having these conversations in two years and it won't even be us, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Well, save us a lot of time, wouldn't it? It would. Hey, John Burns Super Chat. Oh, crud. Looks like I got in the wrong channel. Not sure if you'll see the other four Super Chats I sent. My bet. Oh, my bet. Let me. <laughs> I'll go. I wasn't logged into that channel either. I usually don't go jump into the members channel until about halfway through. Let me go check it out. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it for the week of Terry. The, the interesting thing about what he was saying there is, and I know people were like, oh, he's trying to defend himself. I don't think Terry's trying to defend himself. I think Terry's just trying to give people as much information as he can without spoiling it. And I think that he puts a lot of information out there and some people don't understand 
that the show, that little spoiler thing they're getting that they're bothered about, like there's context to it. It makes sense in the story, but he can't explain the story or he's going to ruin it for you. So when he talks about, you know, that war, that line where Worf's like says he's a pacifist or whatever. That's that line's so out of context. It's great for the trailer. It doesn't mean Worf is all of a sudden a pacifist. Um, like there's certain things. So he keeps sharing information. I almost think maybe just stop sharing information. And that's not good for our show that we do weekly Terry because we, we use him for his information. <laughs> but the more he shares, the more people get, like get annoyed because they're not understanding that the context of what he's sharing, like people were complaining about the music or the way the Titan looked and they just don't get it. Like when they see it, they'll understand context. It's not, there's, there's a reason for all of these wonderful things, whether, whether you think they're wonderful or not. And you just kind of, you're going to have to look at the show. So, and I, by the way, we, if you haven't, if it's just your first time here, we give it full endorsement. Shane, and I saw it and it's fantastic. Can't wait I have not seen it, and I'm still skeptical because two terrible, terrible seasons of Picard. Uh, it, it's you know, it could be the greatest season of TV ever, season three. But going into it, it's they've squandered a lot of goodwill from the fan base. I think no, and I totally get that, totally understand that. Um, but I also agreed that season one was a travesty, and while I had hope for season two, we were reviewing it every week. You saw me. As were we. Yeah, we, I was with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, in real time, I was blackpilled by season two. <laughs> you started off, oh, no, this is right. good. And yeah, then you, by the end, you were just like, kill me. Kill yeah. Me now. You can go back and watch and <laughs> you can just like just take pieces of my conversation and, and watch my face go from this to that real quick. But but, but you know what's funny is, is so the first two episodes of Picard season one were like pretty good. And the first two episodes of Picard season two were pretty good. And right. so like those initial two episodes of each season gave us like a lot of false hope. Right. And then as the season went on, it was just like, uh, and so like, even if the, even if season three is good and the first two episodes are good, people are going to be like, I'm not being fooled. Right. You know, like the first two episodes that. of the previous seasons were good too. And that's some, someone asked on Twitter, like, oh, well, you, you've only seen the first couple of episodes, though. Uh, we, we had that. We, we were fooled by the first couple of episodes the first time. I'm like, no, that's all the whole thing. It's, it's, it's great. In fact, while the first episode, in my opinion, is going to grab you initially, like immediately, you know, the second episode drags a little bit because it's sort of setting up what's to come. Um, and you're just, you're just going to have to see it. You have to see it. And I don't know what to tell you, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I'm not saying it's the best episode, the Caesar series on, on TV ever. I'm saying that it's probably, if I had to compare it to a TV show, I would compare it to like, um, as far as like success and what it adds to the franchise, like, like Better Call Saul or something like that. Like it adds, it makes previous Star Trek better. Um, Do you know, is, uh, is Terry going to be doing anything else in the Star Trek universe after uh, season three? I mean, I hope so. But I'm ho I hope so. But I guess we'll uh, talk about this more when we get to the Scott Baculus segment. Yeah, when when we when we get to the member, look, here's the deal. I can't <laughs> I can't share more than that here. But I I can tell you this: if you're a member, I will share more about that information in the member section, where I'm not recorded and I won't get in trouble. All right, uh, that's it. 
for Weekly Terry. Listen, uh, hit that subscribe button on the way to the comment section. Let us know what you guys think about Picard Season 3. All right, we had some super chats in the member section that I did not see. John Burns, someone else, the director, but no one cares. Oh, he's talking about Alec Baldwin. He was also, he also said Baldwin's own stuntman was fired after two accidents. I guess, yeah, but isn't Baldwin like a hothead? He is, right? Yeah. He's like, he's no, notoriously uh, got a bad temper. Right. Wait, lawyers should be honest. I totally, <laughs> lawyers, lawyers are, uh, I'm dealing with a lawyer right now, and it was such a surreal experience. So my wife was in a car accident uh, last Monday, and <clears throat> it's been a nightmare, dude. So some lady driving her boyfriend's uh, 2001 BMW convertible took a corner, and she drifted into the lane and just smacked my the the my wife's car right on her passenger side she gets out she curses my wife out and then starts running down the street like by herself her the lady has her sister in the car and her sister's just stunned she doesn't even know what happened um i got i show up on the scene and the bmw is like covered in decals and all kinds of weird stuff and i'm like okay so this is not going to be a good like there's no way this guy has insurance Right. No one has a BMW and insurance if they have stickers on them. And um, it's fine. We have we have the no, no non-insurance thing in California where like we're still get our car is still getting taken care of. And um, we're doing all the right things. We call the claim thing. We get it down there. We get it down to the to the collision place and they're douchebags. They literally tear the car down. They give us like this lowball estimate. We're like, yeah, hey, well, make sure it's correct, bro. And my wife is fine. She has some back problems right now. Uh, she had to actually like, you know, she's like really sore, but like nothing like she's not going to die or something. I'm sure she'll be okay. Um, and then they recheck it and they're like, first, I'm telling you, first, the car company was like, it's going to cost $1,500 to fix your car. And my insurance company was like, okay, cool. All right, knock that out. That's well below the value. Like that's well below the value of the car. In California, there's something like the seventy percent rule, where if the tr if the cost of the repair is going to be more than seventy percent of the car, then they salvage it, which is the worst thing you can do for a car. It's called a total loss, and they they put a salvage on the title, and now even if you get it repaired, you can never resell it for the value. It's the worst thing. Then the place goes, wait, you know what? It's actually going to cost ten grand to fix the car. Because you have this, this, and this. I don't know. Understand how it literally went up ten times in a matter of a day and a half. My insurance company is trying to trying was trying to salvage it immediately. I'm confused. They're being rude. I'm like, you know what? This ain't working. So I call a lawyer, dude. I straight up just called a lawyer. And um, most of the time when I talk to lawyers, I feel icky inside because like they're just such dirtbags. Mm -hmm. But this guy was my dirtbag. Yeah, exactly. And I had this feeling of like warmth when he was like, oh, no, we're going to we're going to get these guys. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I have my own dirtbag on my <laughs> side this time. It's no longer the dirtbags coming after me. I have a dirtbag that's going to do my yeah. dirty work. And it feels good, man. Yeah, it's kind of like he's an a-hole, but he's our a-hole. He's our a-hole. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
And now a super chat from Mexican Iron Man. Hey, O'Brien. Hey, who is the super smart, good-looking guy on the right side of my screen? Looks Evil like Shane. A, looks like the fancy pants YouTuber. Happy, happy Thursday, <laughs> boys. I'm driving to OC this weekend. Yeah, come on down, bro. Let's get a steak. Also, Andre, Andre Anderson, first super chat. I haven't seen him before. Happy to see a salty nerd here. Of course. Okay, um, so we're going to jump into the next story. Thank you, my friends, for the Super Chats. Very, very nice. Uh, oh, it's Fake News Friday time. I don't know if fake we're going to agree on this Friday. one. I don't know if we're going to agree on this one, Matt. But you know what? Uh, we're going to try. We're going to try to agree. Agree to disagree? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> fake News Friday! Fake News Friday! Fake News Friday. <laughs> there you go. Worked perfectly. Um, this is Fake News Friday, <laughs> and today we are talking about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Specifically, a rumor that came out from our boy Doomcock, and then immediately um, reported on by like 15 garbage websites and a couple websites that I don't think are garbage, and that said they're rumors. Here's the deal. What Doomcock said was uh, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's role has been significantly reduced. <laughs> okay. So, let's break this down real quick. If you recall, uh, oh, wrong, wrong link. If you recall, Doomcock for the last couple months was saying what, Matt? You remember what he was saying? Yeah, he was saying that uh, Indiana Jones was going to die and Phoebe Waller-Bridge was going to take over as the new Indiana Jones uh, in spirit. Right. And uh, just to be clear, uh, Shane and I said that was completely false. We talked to a couple sources, um, sources that some of our contemporaries also have talked to. And they said that that's, that's not happening. That's some 4chan troll nonsense. There's no way it's real. And um, we even made a video about it. We made a video that probably very few of you guys have seen. It's on our Prime channel. It's called. I'll put it in the, the, the description. Um, it's it's about this whole situation. It's about uh, Mangold and the theories and everything. And here's the problem with this theory. And this is why I'm calling it fake news. And you know what? And in no way am I am I hating the hating the player here. But I'm gonna hate the game because. This is like a checkmate for Doomcock. Doomcock can be... They're reducing her role. She's no longer going to take the hat. And he can he can say all this. He can completely backflip on everything he said for three, three or four months. And it looks like they're doing it because of his statements. So now when it comes out and he was wrong in the first place, but now he's changing his story and now he's right. Are we, are we? Are you seeing a problem with this? I mean, CNN does it all the time. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're you're, you're right. <laughs> CNN does do that. I just recently saw a CNN. Um, <laughs> I just saw a CNN report where, like this, this doctor was talking about how they mislabeled labeled the Koof deaths for the last yeah, two 70%. years. Seventy percent. Yeah, yeah, uh, so much, bro. And they got to get to the bottom of it. Dude, people have been saying that for, <laughs> for like yeah. three years straight. 
Oh, you, you know, 70% of the people that we said died from COVID didn't actually die from COVID. That is Sorry. unbelievable. Where, Sorry. Where, where's your little ticker there now? Where's the death yeah. count, uh, CNN? You guys took it off the screen. Where's the death count? Bring it back. Bring it back and change the number to 70% less than what it was before, please. But you know why they're doing that is because they, they want to frame it so that uh, they can say that when Democrats were in charge, the number of COVID deaths plummeted because of their policies. I mean, it, w- it would look like that on paper. Like if you're looking at yep. like just facts, you know, like a, like a stat sheet, it would look like <laughs> when this particular party was in office, the number just plummets <laughs> because they stopped mm-hmm. reporting it. All right. So the thing about Nina Jones, though, is I understand that other news companies do it. Maybe I hold, maybe I hold our community to a different standard. Maybe I shouldn't. Um, you really shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. But bottom line is, for four months, you complain about a movie and how this person's going to be taking taking over, and you get the whole fan base riled up, and there are like so many tweets and so many trending. And good on you. You got the views. You 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 pushed it on social media. And and then when it was wrong, you just say, oh, they're just shooting, they're shooting, they're reshooting the movie to not include all the things I was talking about for the last four months. It That just seems cheap to me. That's not fair. You can't, do, that's not allowed. <laughs> Come on. It's not allowed to do this. I, I'll read the article to you. This is what it says. The latest rumor comes from you from YouTuber Overlord DVD, aka Doomcock, who states, "I it seems everything is shifting on ND five. Is it? Is it Doomcock? And you're going to laugh your ass off when you hear this, folks, because it lo- it not only looks like Phoebe Waller Bridge has lost her new hat, it looks like she is being cut out of the movie as much as possible. How convenient." <laughs> It's so convenient to be to, to completely be able to backtrack on everything you said. The YouTuber continues, from what I've heard, and again, I'm stressing that this is just a rumor. Of course, it's just a rumor. This is a highly fluid situation, as you might imagine. Disney comes, Disney's come to realize that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is problematic in the part, in the part, Bounding in the comment has a typo, in the part, <clears throat> Lines that were meant to be funny and endearing in a sassy Princess Leia kind of way are delivered with Fleabag's patented snarkiness. She's abrasive, she's insulting Indy, and she just weighs down the movie. Now, I totally believe that, by the way. Again, I'm not saying the movie's going to be good. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I read a script. I did read a script. Um, that was sent to me, and I can't say how, but... I can totally see how she wouldn't be the right fit for the for the role. I get that. But saying that she's gonna be she's gonna take over for Indy and wear his hat and, and the and the whole it's gonna be a time travel story where every all of all of Indiana Jones's all of his accomplishments and and adventures are all gonna be superimposed <laughs> by Phoebe Waller Bridge is that is ridiculous. Saying that and then saying she's insulted and brisk. Well, yeah, those are two statements. One is I can totally see as being a thing because that's her character. The one, the other, the, 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 the latter is just complete, 
complete rumor and has and there's no nothing to actually substantiate it whatsoever. Well, same is true of all rumors, eh? He later states, but the bottom line is, folks, in addition to a new ending, ugh, they are radically re-editing the film, sources say, to introduce a new element to the story. Phoebe Waller-Bridge gets kidnapped and vanishes for a large part of the film, and she has to be saved by Indy. Oh my god, it's like you've got the script that we had a month and a half ago, right? The, the same script that they used to make the movie. Okay. Uh, Overlord Doomcock then, then details, I don't know if they previously had her get kidnapped. Yes, they did. And they're just moving that part to earlier in the film, or if they're trying to do a quick reshoot to cover this, I don't have more information on that, though I hope to have more, more to confirm or deny this rumor in coming weeks. He does move on in one more part to this, where he says that, um, apparently, uh, Bob Iger screened it. And Bob Iger, this is what he says exactly verbatim. As you know, Bob Bob Iger has returned to the, the scene of the crime to head up Disney. Well, he's been putting out fires that he started, by the way. Just a heads up. He's been putting out fires that he started. Allegedly, over the holidays, he finally got to sit down and watch Indy 5. According to someone in the know, Bob allegedly watched the entire thing and never said a word. After the movie was done, he allegedly called Kathleen Kennedy and asked her if she was really responsible for what he had witnessed. <laughs> allegedly, after a few moments, Igor said to Kennedy, well, I'll give you two choices. Either you fix this or you can foot the bill because I won't allow this to be shown. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> that is so outrageous. There's no way. There's no way that happened. Well, there's a long track record of people saying that they have sources who overheard Bob Iger speaking with Kathleen Kennedy, and this is what they said, and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, this has been going on for years. I got blocked by Grace Randolph for calling her out on it about two, three years ago, something like that. Um, I never believe anything when I hear like, allegedly, Bob Iger did this, because it's usually never true. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, uh, right. Adam Adam Schiff gets up on Congress and reads a completely made up phone call between Trump and uh, the Ukraine. You know, yeah. it's just like, OK, you got your perch, you got your authority, but, you know, you're just spinning fiction because it, it makes for good headlines. By the way, at, at, that the Adam Schiff thing actually happened. <laughs> it Yeah, it really did. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the rumor mill, like pretty much anything when it comes to Kathleen Kennedy or Bob Iger, when I. When I hear it, I'm just like, probably didn't happen, you know? So like, I always take those things with a big grain of salt. I will say that it's not unusual for movies to go through drastic re-edits uh, because sometimes they're, um, they're doing different cuts of the movie based off of feedback, based off of studio notes, uh, based off of like reshoots that they've done. Um, Maybe they cut out a few of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's scenes because they didn't test well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that her role is being dramatically reduced. Um, all types of things happen in, in post-production, and you know that's where the movie comes together. Uh, oftentimes, people say that the movie is made in, in editing uh, simply because that's when you start seeing all the all the different factors come together. Right. So, like, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that they remove some of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's stuff. From the film 
but that could be a pacing issue. That could be like them trying to hit a runtime. That could be any number of things. Um, so I, I, I'm more inclined to believe that like, yeah, they probably cut out some of her stuff than I am to believe that Bob Iger called up Kathleen Kennedy, who he's personal friends with. And it's just like, I'm going to make you pay for this thing if you don't fix it, <laughs> you know, be, be, because anyone who's worked in the movie industry knows it's like, okay, rough cuts. This isn't the final film. Right. It's going to, you know, you know, like he, he, he was more likely to be like, he'd call her up and be like, Hey, I have some notes. Can you do this and this and this with this movie? You know, mm. like, like that, that seems more like in line with what I know of how Hollywood works. And this is the guy who shepherded, you know, was it uh, the force awakens, uh, you know, uh, all of her star Wars movies, right. and, you know, all that stuff. So like he knows how to communicate with her and tell her to do stuff that he wants. Like he's not going to sit there and berate her, you know, He's not going to be confrontational about it. They're right. friends. It'd be it'd be like me calling you up, Brian, and and and, and, and being like, "Listen, you asshole! I just I I just watched your Indiana Jones video. Fuck you, okay? That was the most boring. I want my hour of my life back, okay? You're paying me for that. Yeah, exactly. We get the lawyers involved. Like, yeah, it just it doesn't happen. Doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't happen. And then the, the fact that someone someone would be in that room and then report that is just yeah. And also, when you're watching a movie by yourself, how often do you say words? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I barely say words when I'm when I'm reviewing it live. <laughs> I got to remember to talk so I don't get just get copyright claimed. No, yeah, I, I get it. Now, yeah. now, if the report was like he was on his phone, you know, like, you know, playing a Tetris the entire time, then I could see it. Like if he was like, you know, on Twitter while he was watching the movie, <laughs> I'd be like, that's more believable, you know, but him not saying a word while watching a movie, like that's pretty much 90% of the people who watch movies. Yeah, that's pretty much the way movies are written. Um, there was uh, slightly more to the story, but it was just basically a recap. Um, the proof that they had for this rumor was that John Williams, <clears throat> John Williams said uh, that they were like redoing. They were, a, they were filming a new ending. Yeah. Filming a new ending. And uh, Mangold finally responded to that. And he said, John was mistaken. Maybe he read Twitter too much. We're not shooting you endings. Never did. The film is 99% finished. It's being rated by MPAA. Now that's on that note. If it's being rated by the MPAA, then there isn't a whole lot of yeah, drastic that, changes happening. Yeah. There would be a locked copy of the film at that point. Right. Because in order to get a rating, you, they, have, they have to see what people are going to see. Right. Yeah. You have, to, you have to see what the public's going to be exposed to. Right. So if it's being rated by MPA, it's done. Like it's in the can, it's done. Yeah, it's picture locked. Um, and that was December nineteenth when he said that. So assuming that he's telling the truth and not just I mean, I would tend to believe the director of the film in terms of like what's going on with the film more than you know, someone who's not in charge of it. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, you say, you know, you don't say. Oh, but he's lying. Why? <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I gotta under, I, I gotta understand the thought process. Let me know in the comments section why would he be lying? And then also, I know you have some personal history of man gold that's not mm -hmm. right. Um, but his work, right? His almost all of his work is good, right? Like, do you have a problem with anything he's done prior to Indiana Jones? I can't think of a single thing. I mean, I think the only thing of his I've seen before this movie was Logan and uh, Kate and Leopold. 
Uh, I, I'm actually, I haven't seen many of his films and I wasn't very familiar with him back when he started attacking me. So, uh, to, did, to me, did, like, like Ford versus Ferrari walked. Yeah. Line. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm familiar with his filmography. I'm just saying that like, he's never made movies that have personally interested me all that much. That, yeah. And if he hadn't attacked me, I still wouldn't know who he is. That's because like, like I'd be like, well, Steven Spielberg's not directing Indiana Jones. Who do I care is directing? It's just some nobody. You know, it's kind of like what happened with uh, with Jurassic Park three. It's like, oh, Steven Spielberg's not involved. Who cares? You know, so it's such a step down. Uh, you know, no matter how good Mangold's previous works are, he's no Spielberg. No, I get I get that. But Ford vs. Ferrari was and Mo family, thank you. That's you're correct. That was outstanding movie. Logan yeah, was good things. Logan was awesome. Like I love that movie. I love. In fact, I I almost wish, and the the comic book nerd in me is like, I can't wait to see, you know, um, Wolverine and Deadpool fight on screen in live action. But another part of me is like, we we already saw Wolverine's ending, and it was awesome. Can we just like not add to that, please? That's my opinion on adding on Hugh Jackman coming back. Like the kid me wants to see it, but the film uh, fan in me wants it to be done because I loved the ending of Logan. It was perfect um, in my opinion. So I don't know. uh, Everything he's done. Well, well, there's a lot of time between, you know, when Deadpool and him might've fought and Logan. So it could be, you know, you're it's right. not old Wolverine, you know. I know, yeah, I know. And someone said Logan's in an alternate universe. I don't think that's the case. I think it's just time. I think you're right because it's supposed to be in the future. Although watching that movie now, I watch it with my kids, which I don't know. You probably shouldn't watch that with ten year olds. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. a kids movie. So I didn't, I don't remember how gnarly it was. And when I turned it on, I was like, oh, how much of this, how much of this is gonna ruin them? <laughs> like, should I fast forward through certain parts because it was so gnarly? But, I don't um, think. I don't think Wolverine is is for kids. Like any movie he's in, like that's not a kids movie. Yeah, I'm watching it though, and they're like, I'm looking at it, and it feels like present day. Like I know it's supposed to be in the future, but because it was made in the past and it was supposed to reflect the a realistic future, to me it just looked like present day. Like they're using he was using an Uber app kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, they're talking on cell phones and look. I mean, it looked like exactly like what today looks like. I think uh, what wasn't it. Um... Uh, the actor who plays Wolverine, Hugh, Hugh Jackman, like as soon as that movie was finished, he just went out and started eating hamburgers again. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> he didn't have to keep that body. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. Um, atheist for the cause. Good luck on Son Brian on a prequel. Yeah, I don't like prequels. I just don't. You know, it confuses me. I have a simple, small, I'm a small, small brain. And it's very hard for me to continue to do the math on the chronological order of the story I'm supposed to be watching. I know there are great books that skip around in time via chapters. I don't like those books. Even if, I don't care how great they are. It really affects me in a negative way when things aren't moving in a chronological way because parts of my brain just sort of snap off at certain moments. And I'm like, wait, wait, when did this happen? Why is this person still alive? Did did you not like the finale of uh, Next Generation? No, I didn't actually. Now, I love Next Generation. I feel like they rushed into that finale because they were like, okay, we're not going to be doing any more. So let's try to like wrap it up in a really, you know, uh, meaningful uh, way for the fans. 
just like they did with Enterprise, which they ruined that too. And they rushed into this and they showed us a, I know it's an alternate, it's a possible future or whatever, but it's got to confuse people. And like, how many detractors do you see now talking about Picard season three or whatever, two or one or whatever? And they're like, well, that's not, that didn't happen because didn't you see the last episode of TNG? This, this, and this, and this, and this. Crusher is a captain of a medical ship. And, and, and those things aren't the case in these shows. Why? Because that was an alternate future. And it just gets confusing, man. That's why time travel, time travel either shouldn't be done or there is a small percentage of people who should be able to do it because it's or never done correctly. Time travel has to be the central mechanism of your story. Like when Terry Metalis did 12 Monkeys on the sci-fi yes. channel, that was that's probably the only instance I can think of where time travel was actually done right. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I, oh no. In T. Yeah. In TV, I would say that, and maybe season season six of Agents of Shield. But that entire I stopped watching by then. <laughs> well, yeah. So the thing about Agents of Shield is Agents of Shield is a is a awesome show if you completely ignore the first two seasons. <laughs> you have to watch them, but like. Don't look at the quality of the first two seasons like it's the re- like it's the quality of the rest of the season because that show when it changed hands when when Marvel decided they no longer have nothing interesting to do with agents and they're not they're not going to focus on their TV division and they completely abandoned them after Age of Ultron when that happened they the show changed hands and do people that they no longer had to fit in with Marvel and they started making a really good sci-fi show. Yeah, I really liked the uh, Ghost Rider season. That was a great season. Yeah, Robbie yeah. Reyes was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, uh, what else? There's not, when it comes to television, it's very difficult to do good time travel because if it's not... You have to think it through, actually. You have to think it through from start to end, and you have to, and you have, to have an end. And a lot of TV shows don't want to have an end. Mm-hmm. And that that makes it hard. See, movies there, there's good time travel movies because movies have an end, but TV shows don't want an end. They want to have seven seasons in a movie, right? So that, that means they instead of thinking it through, they think halfway through. And time travel has got to be completely thought through, start to finish. Yeah, if um, done right. Yeah, and you know, so like the way Agents of Shield did it was they dedicated an entire season with a beginning and an end to this one concept. And it worked because that one season had a beginning and an end, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think I stopped the season where they like went to this like planet, like outer space planet uh, that was like half destroyed. And I just lost interest. Oh, yeah, that was Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, quant- see, Quantum Leap is not, yeah, it's time travel, but it's like, mm, they don't really utilize like, um, they, they, Sort of utilize real world stuff, but it's usually bastardized, and he's not actually his body's not traveling. Well, well, the thing about Quantum Leap is that each episode, like when he travels to a different time period, um, it's self-contained, right? Like it's not like you've seen other aspects of the story, and he's going back and changing things. It's right. like okay, he went back in time. There's like this isolated uh, episode of adventure that he goes through. He changes the timeline for the better, and then he moves on to a new thing. And it's they're not all interconnected, right? Right. So, that, so there, there's nothing to mess up, right? There, yeah, there's nothing to mess up, and that's what that's what makes it good. And yes, Travelers. Thank you, Archmage. I was going to bring that oh, up. Oh, Travelers is good. Yeah. Travelers is a great show. Technically, yeah. it's time travel, 
Yep. But it's like their minds are traveling back and they only travel back that one time. And to be fr- to be fair, Brad Wright had a beginning and an end. He never he never went to the network and said, I want eight eight seasons. He said, These are this is how many seasons we're gonna do. This is the beginning and this is the end. It's just a long movie. And he thought it really through. I, I I thought that they got canceled prematurely though, didn't they? No, no, it 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 wrapped up. It was actually really? so 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 was it season three or season four? Like that was supposed to be the ending? Season three, that's the ending, yeah. And it's very satisfying um, in my opinion. I I mean it was, but it felt very rushed. I, f- I felt like they had like, you know, more th- story to tell and they had to truncate it because they got canceled. Oh, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I think that I, so I've heard what it's funny because Brad, his handle on YouTube is still Brad travelers because he, he only, I'm sorry on, on Twitter. Cause he only set up his Twitter in order to promote travelers. Travelers, Yeah. So everyone thinks that's like his name. Um, but last time, last time I saw, he always had an end in mind for travelers. And um, they had an opportunity to do like a spinoff thing. And he didn't, he didn't even entertain it because it wasn't going to be as good. It was just going to be a shadow of that. And he wanted, he wanted to move on. So, well, again, travelers is another instance where like, you're not seeing the effects of the time travel, right? Like, like, like you hear about the changes that happen in the future because, you know, when the future changes, they start impacting the past, mm-hmm. but because they're sending people back there. Um, but uh, the, it, it's one of those things where like, okay, people traveled back in time and they're changing stuff in the present, but it's, it's not one of those things where it, it where you have like this long running continuity that's right. impacted by those things. Right. Right. Which is what Star Trek, that's, this is why Star Trek, whenever it does time travel, it, 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 it never really does it right. It makes it worse. <laughs> it, right. Yeah. Because there's like these like 70 years of continuity that you have to consider. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know anyone that can properly consider all that continuity yeah. and, 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 and now time. like, like with uh, discovery, like they're like a thousand years in the future of the Star Trek timeline. And we're seeing, you know, like pretty much anything that happens in the past at this point, like, you know, um, before the events of, was it discovery season three or like whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't matter. Cause you just know everything blows up at some point. Right. Right. And that, <laughs> that's that's yeah that's what makes it the worst (laughs) knowing that everything you're watching right now doesn't matter doesn't matter this is why somehow discovery so discovery was really bad all four seasons and then something happened where they go let's get this this toxic show that half at least half the fan base just despises let's get it out of our time frame and let's let's move it forward we're gonna move it so far forward that it won't and will no longer affect, right? The the canon that we're dealing with because there's there's too many problems with it. Which was the right call. It was the right call, except for when you got to the future, you made it worse. Yes. Which makes everything that came before it somehow worse. Discovery yes. not only ruined itself, it ruined Spock. It ruined other canon around the time that it, it previously existed, and then it ruined the entire timeline when it went to the future, destroyed Starfleet. Destroyed dilithium, ruined races. It just ruined. This is why you you can't watch Discovery. If you want to enjoy Star Trek, you have to just ignore Discovery. Pretend that it's an Elseworld story that doesn't affect any time whatsoever. Because if you if you think about it as affecting time, you cannot enjoy Picard. 
You could not enjoy Strange, and we can't enjoy anything in Star Trek. Yeah, and and what's crazy is Discovery had the perfect get out of jail free card with the spore drive, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of time traveling, they could have dimension hopped. Right. They could have been they could have been trapped in an alternate dimension where they could have done anything they wanted uh, with the continuity because it wasn't affecting the prime timeline. Right. Right. And they chose not to do that. Right. They, yeah, they could have easily done. There's so many ways that discovery could have been done well and it, it, it could have been done well and not affected canon. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before. That whole like sliders thing where it's like jumping to different dimensions yep. and you can explore the different what ifs and else worlds that Star Trek can be. Oh, the multiverse. Yeah. Right. You could have had so much fun with that. Oh, it would have been amazing. And you could have done whatever you wanted. Like each season could have been a just, different dimen- dimension. Yeah, it's like right? Voyager, but Voyager meets yeah. sliders. Right. Yeah, exactly. That would have been brilliant. 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 And then, no, 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 no. Let's 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 mine the past and then send them to the future yeah. and make it horrible. Like yeah, let's grind it. everything people love into the ground instead. Yeah, just grind it up and then force feed it to them through a through a tube covered yeah. in feces. Ugh. Well, uh, now that Michelle Yeoh has been winning all these awards, it looks like her Section Thirty Three thing is actually going to move forward. Yeah, we talked about that last week, and uh, I I think that Section Thirty One is not i think it's a placeholder show real quick the super chat g-man of g-man why isn't anyone create a live action D based on the 80s cartoon oh because no one wants it man that's the problem we want it there's there there is nerds that would love that they would love like conan the barbarian and really cool rad stuff like that no he's talking about the dungeons and dragons 80s cartoon you know the one with like the teenagers who enter oh, into yeah. the dungeons and dragons universe Oh yeah, what? Like, why haven't they adapted that into a live action? That's a great question, actually. Um, let's look that up because they're doing. There's probably a rights thing with it. I know that Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro, like you know, they're trying to launch a D and D universe uh, type thing. But uh, oh, who knows yeah. what, what type of rights things were going on in the '80s? Dude, I remember playing a video game that was based on this in like an arcade when I was like. Are you sure that old. wasn't like like Dragonlance or something like that? The, the the knight with like the sword. He's got like the chainmail. It I was mean, like a it was like a right. quick it was a quick time arcade game, right? Yeah, it was like, yes. Where, where like it was a cartoon, it was a Ralph Batchkey cartoon, and you had to like hit the buttons at certain times. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> that wasn't that wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. That was like a oh like, okay. Right, I remember Dragon this cartoon though too. Oh yeah, I used to watch this on Saturday mornings. Yeah, I have I, the D, I have the complete DVD uh, series. I remember being deeply attracted to the brown girl. Oh, I like the redhead. I was really in, I was really into the caramel girls. All right, um, actually, I, I really like the Russian girl from Captain Planet. You remember her? Oh yes, yeah. I like. I also liked the little. I, <laughs> it's funny because I remember thinking, "What would Captain Planet look like as a chick?" <laughs> trans captain planet um dragon lair that's what it was called you're right dragon lair yeah 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 so I, I, not- I lost so much money in the arcade on that game because yeah. like the button the buttons never worked right they never worked and so, right. like you'd constantly lose and yeah you, you can't hit them fast enough or slow enough yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, Section 31 is not, it's not that it's not going to happen or is going to happen. It's more like they have to have a certain, they don't have to, but they want to have a certain amount of Star Trek shows for the year, every year, right? They don't want Star Trek shows uh, to be running at the same time. So let's say they need four or five shows, right? So if they don't have anything better, like let's say Picard kills it out the gate and they change their tune. They're like, we want Terry to come back and do a show. Terry's not going to do Second 31. He'll do something that continues the continuity of his, of his creation, which means that maybe they do that show. And next time they need a show, like say when Discovery's ending or whatever, Section 31 will be back on the table again. So like it's this placeholder thing that they put in there because they have a lot of the pieces already set up and ready to go. But it doesn't mean they're ever going to do it. In fact, the only reason they would do it is because <laughs> everything else was going so poorly that they couldn't continue the other. They didn't, they don't want to continue other shows, so they come up with. They come well, up also, with Michelle Yeoh's star power is increasing. Like she's right. had a great couple years. Uh, you, you know, uh, with the the Witcher blood origins aside, uh, uh, but uh, now that she's got so much kind of like uh, weight in Hollywood, uh, they're like, well, we have her locked in for the Star Trek series. Why not use her? So that's why I think it's it's actually going to go forward. Yeah, I I read that somewhere that her contract was up in October, but I guess um, I was I was told that you can can like so like her contract was like if we don't start production by this date then she can leave her contract, right? But I guess you can keep production going and never actually do anything by just continually adding it to the docket for the following year to keep the contract stable. Maybe. And I don't know how it works, but I can totally see him doing that just in case because they have this, like, superstar right now that they can utilize for a Star Trek show. All right, well, that's it for Fake News Friday. It really got off the rails here somehow. I don't know. <laughs> well, evil Shane. So. We started off at Indiana Jones, ended up at back at Star Trek. Look at that. Look at that. That's what you guys think in the comment section below. <clears throat> All right, let's move on. Um, let's look at what the chat's going on. What is Brian saying right now? What am I saying right now? I don't know. Am I low? Can you not hear me? I wonder if I was too low. All right. Okay. Let's talk about Stargate. Our favorite topic. No, it's my favorite show, but I don't know about everyone else's. Let's go. I love Stargate. Yeah. I don't love what Amazon's doing with Stargate, but I love Stargate. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we are talking about Stargate. Apparently, SG-1 is back on Prime Video, and everyone is very confused right now. <clears throat> Let's be clear. Uh, when Amazon bought MGM for over $8 billion, they added MGM's entire library eventually to Amazon Prime. To all of our delights as uh, Gators, Stargate fans, the best version of Stargate I have ever seen, hands down, was on Prime. It was in as close to HD as you can get for a show that was that started in 1995 or whatever. Um, it was 16-9 ratio. Fantastic. I can't stand 4-3 ratio. As much as I love Zack Snyder's The Justice League, I was sitting there the whole time annoyed 
that I wasn't seeing it in 16.9. So we had this like awesome version of SG-1 on Amazon. And then all of a sudden it was pulled at the end of December and it was pulled and we made a video about this. It was pulled because it was probably going to go to MGM plus. And then the deal for MGM plus fell through because the director <clears throat> asked for this much money and uh, MGM plus was like, nah, do, do, do it for this much. And obviously he couldn't do it. Shane disagrees with me, but I think that he's right. The guy asked for $50 million um, a $50 million, $50 million budget for the first season. I think it was like 12 episodes. And they wanted him to do it for 10, like a ridiculously low amount compared to what he asked for. Um, he didn't feel like he could. And now it's back on Prime. But it's a crappy version of the show again. I don't understand what's happening. Have you seen what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I have. Um, so there's a there's the original version of, of these shows that were shot in the 90s, with the four by three aspect ratio, right? Because back then widescreen TVs were, uh, you know, a rarity. And everything was shot mostly on film. You know, this was pre-digital. And uh, that's just the, you know, how TV shows were shot. And a lot of times uh, these companies have gone back and remastered some of these more popular series to kind of update them to, you know, modern technology. So right. increasing the aspect ratio and all that stuff. Yeah, they did now, it for what, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They did yeah. it for a lot of the Joss Whedon stuff. Yeah. Now, Fire oftentimes Fire. what happens is that because these are altered versions of the originals, they are under a different license, Right. So when they're being played on a streamer, the streamer may have the license for the, uh, you know, remastered versions. And then those licenses uh, end and they have to take them off the streaming service. But because Amazon owns the original versions and their rights to the, uh, you know, um, remastered versions have lapsed, they're like, well, we'll just put up the, the stuff that we own. And it just so happens to be the original crappier version. Uh, I know that Stargate Atlantis is still on Hulu and that's still like the widescreen, like, you know, it looks pretty good. Right. Um, so my guess is that, uh, you know, if they're going to put Atlantis on prime, they're going to go with the license that they have for the original, which is the four by three and, uh, let, uh, Hulu, uh, continue with their license for the remastered version. So like, to me, it's just a, it's a licensing thing. Yeah. But Hulu never had, a license for the remastered version. How do you know? Um, because <clears throat> the only place we ever saw the original remastered SG one was on prime. Well, not for SG one. It was, uh, I, I was, I'm talking about Atlantis. Oh, perhaps Atlantis. Yeah. But Atlantis, Atlantis is the The remastered version of Atlantis is still on Hulu. Well, see, I don't think I don't think Atlantis was remastered though, because Atlantis was was not shot in six in four three. Atlantis was shot and displayed in sixteen nine, probably okay. because it was at it was on the eighth season or seventh season, or whatever of SG one when it came out. Well, all I know is that um, the only justification I can think of for any of this is a licensing issue. So that's the question. 
how can there be a license issue between MG, MGM Plus and Amazon when Amazon owns MGM Plus? Yeah, uh, so I know that MGM Plus, uh, w- was that something that was in existence before yeah, Amazon so acquired them? MGM Plus, before it was MGM Plus, it was Epic's. And it was owned okay. by MGM to some degree. And then when Amazon bought MGM, they they changed the name recently to MGM+. Plus. So if it was Epics, there, there may be a subsidiary type situation going on there. Uh, you, you know, like I, I keep going back to um, like the situation we had with Star Trek, where basically Viacom split into Viacom and CBS, and they both had rights to Star Trek. And even though like they were both kind of like the same company, uh, they had to like license Star Trek out to each other in order to use it legally. Um, so like uh, sometimes these big mega corporations and acquisitions get very complicated because you just don't know the uh, the underlying structure of like how, you know, ownership is determined and who owns right. what rights and who's licensing what and stuff like that. It's It all gets very stupid and complicated. Yeah, and I get that completely. The confusing part is that, um, yeah, there could be some crazy rights or whatever. Um, and from what I understand, you know, I spoke with Joe Flanagan a while back and he kind of laid down um, the situation over at MGM when he himself tried to acquire uh, the rights to Stargate um, after, shortly after Atlantis got canceled, I think. Um, but uh, he basically said that, that MGM was run by a bunch of idiots. And uh, I, I can't say I've seen anything from MGM that would refute that claim. <laughs> so right. I wouldn't be surprised if that company was just like a mess uh, legally in terms of like Amazon having to come in there and, and sort through all, all like the, the corporate structure that created that mess. Yeah, this is, by the way, this is a, a really good reason why you should buy physical media, by the way, because <clears throat> if you love something, don't expect that to be there because of rights and because of uh, cancel culture and a lot of other things that, that, that exist in, in our day and age. Streaming services are not guaranteed to have what you love. Um, if you have the ability to buy it, you should just buy it. Uh, case in point, <clears throat> I bought um, like five seasons of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And Great I had show. them for years. <clears throat> I didn't buy the physical copy. I bought the seasons on Amazon. I I felt I thought, hey, this is safe. It's Amazon. It's Amazon Prime. It's in my library. It belongs to me, right? Well, uh, because of the day and age we live, there's episodes of that where they have like blackface and they use naughty words because it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They're not remotely PC. And multiple episodes of things that I purchased was just removed from my account. No notice whatsoever, by the way, just banned. When I asked Amazon why they would remove something that belonged to me, they said that um, those episodes are no longer a part of their library. Well, that's not my problem. I bought for those episodes. I didn't even get a refund, by the way. Same with final, uh, um, final space. I bought Final Space, and because Amazon lost the rights to it, I lost 
what I purchased. Yeah, if you read their terms of service, they're very clear on that. Like, like they basically say that you're just leasing uh, the right to watch this stuff on their thing. And if they lose it, you lose it too. Yeah, well, that's nuts. Um, I am buying physical copies of everything. If I if I really like it, if I really want to continue watching it, I'm going to be buying Blu-rays from now on. Um, this is what the original looked like. Uh, syndication, 4-3. Uh, the actual quality was somewhere around... Uh, probably it wasn't like 480p. I would say a little less than that. You know, you know, it's funny, Brian. Um, like we were talking a little bit about AI video editing earlier, mm-hmm. and there's an AI video editor out there with this thing called Infinite Image. I don't know if you ever heard of this, mm-hmm. but it's it's kind of like a combination of like AI art generation with video editing, where you can basically tell the editing software, "Hey, extend this image," and it'll generate you know, an extended image based off of like, you know, the AI analyzing the frame and and figuring out what the background is. The the sky, the grass, the whatever. Exactly. So like with this innovation in AI technology, you could literally go back to all these four, three beloved four, three shot TV shows and use this to fill in those frames and make it true widescreen. So you're not cropping in. It's actually like, yeah, it's actually like filling 16 it in. by nine. Yeah. Interesting because you know what? Um, so there's there's the the dirty way of upscaling where there is a little bit of AI to it, but basically it's just a smart sharpener. And it sharpens the screen, and then you cut in on the four three and you create you crop the image and make it 169. That is like the dirty way of upscaling. It's like a smart sharpener that sharpens certain parts of the image that is gonna be moving. And it makes it look like it's higher quality and gives you 69. Um, but that tech, you wouldn't be losing any data. You would actually nope. be adding to it. In fact, even nope. the textures of their skin, it can sample that, find yeah. a, a and, comparable. And, and there are AI, AI video editing filters that allow you to upscale without losing any any uh, significant quality. So like it'll it'll change the grain of of the you know it'll get rid of the of like yeah. artifacts and stuff yeah. like that and it'll make it'll it'll take like a like a 1920 by 1080 image and and dress and upscale it to like 8k for instance Jeez. and it'll look like 8k you know wow yeah it's crazy well i was sitting here watching this with my wife i was super stoked by the way i have never never gotten my wife to watch stargate and i've been with her for 20 years coming up 20 years is next month um, couldn't get her to watch Stargate. And then for a few months, we had this like beautiful version of Stargate on Amazon. And I was able to get her to watch the first couple episodes and she was really into it. It was almost like she didn't know that it was my old TV show, but maybe like it looked like a new TV show or a newer TV show to her. And then, um, and then they just took it away. They just took it away from me. Just like, just like that. Um, according to gate world and we're going to wrap it up. According to Gate World, this is probably, or it could be, uh, some part of some larger plan to consolidate the Stargate franchise elsewhere, such as MGM Plus. Um, and maybe we're just waiting for Hulu and Pluto and these other places to lose their license. Which we did the math uh, a couple videos ago, and they're probably going to lose their license sometime in April, because. Uh, Hulu, the the well, Hulu actually loses their license sometime before April, 
But Pluto signed up, signed for a year, which was last April. They're probably going to lose their license in April, unless for some reason Amazon decides to re- renew their license. I can see the majority of Stargate returning back to Amazon, whether they're going to pop it on to MGM Plus or if it's all going to be under the Amazon Prime umbrella. We'll see. I would like to come back, though, and I want the upscale version. I feel like they they just teased us. They just yeah. teased us. All right. That's it for that. Let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. Hit the subscribe button on the way there. Thank you. All right, guys, we are heading to the members section. Sorry about not giving you a warning here, but I was really into that story. We're going to the members section, and that is where we can get um, uh, a little honest with the folks. Um, I will share a little more about uh, what we know about the new Trek coming up. We're also going to be talking about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy cast joining DC, Scott Bakula wanting to return to Star Trek, or not caring, because there's, those are two of the same things, apparently. And James Gunn's Superman reboot, and why it's similar to Batman. Um, but come on over. The water's worn. The link is in the description. And uh, listen, if if you do nothing, it'll just redirect you. And if you're not interested in becoming a member, that's cool, too. We'll see you next week. If that's the case, and you're not coming over, that's cool. Love you guys. Oh, and thank you, Matt, for being here. You're you're welcome. Evil Shane. Yeah. Evil Shane. Evil Shane. Matt, everyone. Matt. Salty Nerd Podcast. Every every